Hey leader, Dave Burke is here, organizational psychologist and author of four best-selling books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about why team building is not an activity. Spoiler alert, it's a habit. I mean, I see this all of the time. You look at any Google search, you just start typing team building into Google and it will auto-populate with all sorts of things, looking for an activity, a game, a retreat center, some one-and-done thing that you could take your team through and magically resolve all of their conflicts and get them all bonded together, feeling like a family and all of this other really over-promise, never-deliver rhetoric about team building. And we've known, we've known in the organizational psychology research for over a decade now that team building as a solitary activity is really ineffective. I mean, there are situations where taking the team out on an offsite and getting some bonding time together can definitely work. And we'll talk about that in this episode. But predominantly the idea that you took the team to a ropes course or you had them lay down beams to cross an imaginary river is somehow going to mean that your discussions at meetings are more respectful or that your team is more productive. That one and done event, thinking that's going to work is almost always a recipe for disappointment because team building is not an activity. It's a habit. It's something that has to happen often. It is smaller activities that happen on a regular basis. It is the things you do as a leader. It is the habits that you develop as a team that are actually what are going to build them closer together, bond them closer together, and get them working better together. We know this because the research about those ropes courses, the trust falls, all of that stuff says that unless it translates into direct ways that the team is interacting better when they get back to the office or back to the Zoom call because it's 2021, unless it translates into all of that, it's ineffective. It's a waste of time and a waste of resources. So if team building is not an activity, it's a habit, what are the habits that you can be doing? What are the activities, the micro activities that you as a leader need to be focusing on and that the whole team needs to be experiencing that will actually build the team up better than a one and done, or in this case, never done activity? That's what we're gonna talk about in this episode. There's three in particular that I wanna focus on. Let's get started. So the first habit or the first regular ongoing activity that will actually build up a team is one that you as the team leader need to be focused on, and that is developing structure and clarity. Structure and clarity as in developing this idea that everybody on the team knows everybody else's knowledge, skills, abilities. They know each other's roles and responsibilities. They can depend on each other to deliver what they're supposed to deliver, when they're supposed to deliver it, because Teams are interdependent. Pretty much every aspect of work these days is a team sport. It requires people synchronizing their efforts together. And a lot of times we think that the place to do that is just the regular weekly meeting or that it's just the team leader or the manager's job to sync that all together. But that doesn't truly develop structure and clarity as much as helping the team, what I sometimes call work out loud. So if you're familiar with the world of Agile or Scrum, this is the daily stand-up meeting or in other organizations, this is the huddle. This is the meeting where everyone is reporting back. Sometimes at senior levels, it's called the business process review. It has a lot of different names, but the goal is always the same. On a regular recurring basis, we need to be looking at 
what did people just complete? What are they focused on now? And where do they need help? Or what's blocking their progress if you wanna stick with the questions from Scrum? This doesn't have to be daily and it doesn't have to be a meeting. It doesn't even have to be synchronous communication. But instead of just reporting back to you with their roles and responsibilities, instead of just having one-on-ones on a regular basis or annual performance reviews on a less than annual basis, let's just be honest about how organizations tend to do that, they need to be regularly updating the whole team so that everybody knows who's focused on what, where they can offer help if needed. That is a regular recurring habit that will develop structure and clarity, the first habit that we need to truly develop a team. Now, the second habit that we need to develop a team is something that we all have to sort of experience. It's something that as a leader, we have to recognize, but something that the team has to go through as a shared experience. And that is finding unstructured time, deliberately unstructured time. This was a lot easier when the majority of knowledge workers in the developed world were working in offices because unstructured time happened all the time. You called a meeting, some people showed up early, people chit-chatted before the meeting started or they stayed in the room afterwards and they interacted with each other and in doing so they found uncommon commonalities. They found things that build bonds. They found stuff that they had in common with one or two other members of the team, shared interests, you know, shared hobbies, a shared background, things like that that created an individual bond. And as a result of those uncommon commonalities, people who might be working on different projects and not interacting with each other all that much found non-work reasons to connect. And we know from a myriad of different research that finding those non-work reasons, what's sometimes called multiplexity in the network science research, all of those different non-work reasons to connect build tighter bonds. They build bonds that turn into real friendships. And we know that work friendships make for better teams. But in our quest for efficiency, we often eliminate that unstructured time, especially now in this work from anywhere world that we live in where office interactions are less frequent, we need savvy team leaders who can take back some of that unstructured time. Now this could be where things like an offsite actually come in. This could be where things like bringing the whole team to the same conference Yes, so that they can get the benefit of the education and interacting with the whole industry, but also so that at shared meals at lunch and dinner and things like that, they're having unstructured time where they're having those non-work discussions and finding those bonds. If we are in the office, this means setting up places where people can collide accidentally, the kitchenette or walking to the coffee shop across the street or making it clear that when the meeting's scheduled at 10, I'm in the room at 9.45, et cetera. So if you're early, come chat. That's what we mean when I mean unstructured time. When we think about the average week, we think about 40 hours, 50 hours a week of work. Let's be honest. Most of the unstructured time is still there, but because it's not happening as a team, it's happening individually, we wouldn't even call it unstructured. We would call it a distraction. It's people online shopping. It's people on YouTube or Facebook. It's not time people aren't working, but it's okay because they're building bonds. It's time where they're just not working because the rhythms of our workday demand downtime. You can't stay focused for eight hours a day and just purely cranking out the work. You just can't, even if you intersperse meetings in there. It's just not actually possible. Where the idea of eight hours of workday came from factory work, repetitive work that didn't require a lot of thinking. But when we introduce thinking in, we need downtime. Most people work in about 45 to 90 minute bursts of focus activity and they need something to break that up. And if you're not planning deliberately unstructured time where people can interact with their peers, they're still going to take that break. They're just going to take it in a way that's distracting and not actually bonding. So the unstructured time is there. You just need to find it. 
And the third and final way that you can team build on a regular basis is to discuss purpose often. Discuss purpose as often as you think and then two more times. I don't, there's nothing special about two, I just think it's a good reminder. We know from research on employee engagement and job crafting, stuff that was the focus of the prior episode of this show, we know that people are not experiencing a big enough sense of meaning in their work and purpose in their work, and we know that meaning, that impact, that task significance is a massive motivator. What we haven't talked about yet as much on this show is the power that working together towards that shared goal has to bond people together. In the psychology literature, this is often what's referred to as a superordinate goal. When people know what they're focused on and know that it requires interdependence, they bond at a much higher level than if they're just doing their individual tasks and they think the goal is to put in good performance so they get a good reward. And an organization or a team's purpose, its reason for existing, is a powerful superordinate goal. Even better if we can pair that purpose with something pro-social. That's a lot of P's in a short period of time. What I mean is, if we can take that organization's purpose and introduce people on the team to the direct beneficiaries of the work, the that could be internal customers who see the end result or who you hand the project off to and because your team did a great job, they're able to do a good job. It could be customers or some other stakeholder outside the organization whose stories don't get told enough. Your job as the team leader is to discuss purpose often, probably more often than you think, so that everyone in the team catches it, and also discuss how working together interdependently brings everybody closer to that purpose. That will bond your team a whole lot more than a trust fall will. But we often don't take the time to do it. Could be one of the ways that we use our unstructured time, and it could be one of the ways we develop structure and clarity, at least around what we're doing, because we're connecting it to why we do it. What all three of these things have in common, though, is the word often. This is something that is done on a regular basis. Team building isn't an activity, it's a habit, a habit that needs to be done often. So this is not a once a year annual exercise. This is not something we can pay a consultant to do. This is something we as a team need to develop as a system of habits. And if you think about it, we have a word for habits exhibited on a team on a regular basis, especially habits that create a sense of bonding and a sense of shared belief. We call that culture. See, team building isn't an activity, it's a habit, because activities don't build culture. Habits build culture. And now you know at least three habits that you can apply to build culture on your team, to build your team together, and to get them doing their best work ever. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many more people. And if you really liked it and you wanna go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.